Hola. Ciao. Bonjour. Guten Tag. Konnichiwa. Shalom. Hey. Brava. Hi, welcome to Diverse Discussions. I'm Gianna. I'm CG. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicoletta. And we will be talking about our virtual exchange interactions with partners in other parts of Spain and some uh, lessons and activities that we have designed for different cultures and languages. So we had discussions with virtual exchange partners throughout the semester, really getting to know them and what they like to do um, on their free time with their friends, how different the cultures and everything are like over there. Um, so we did ask them a couple questions and one of the questions... <laughs> Ignore it. One of the questions is, what do you like to do in your free time? And some of the answers included. So with my partner, she says that she likes to go out with her friends. And since they live on an island, they always go to the beach. And she loves to read romantic books or watch Netflix, or watch you know, Netflix. The go to parties and stuff. Uh, my partner also said, in my free time, I like to sleep, watch series, go out with friends, go to the beach, listen or listen to music or cook. So this really showed like similarities between both of our partners and between us and how the cultures really are different, but in an age aspect, they're pretty similar. Um, but you know, some things are different. My partner did tell me that um, the Netflix shows are a little different over there and they don't have the same ones. Um, so there's that. Um, we also asked our partners, what's the biggest difference in your opinion between English and Spanish? And they also all speak French. So for my partner, she said that, that she thinks that verbs in like Spanish, they have more verbs versus English and that English was more difficult learning and understanding just like the vocab and the grammar because especially since they only speak it like two hours each day versus, you know, the other two languages because especially since they're at a French school, so they speak French more and, you know, Spanish, that's like their everyday lives. So English out of all three is the most difficult for her to learn. Uh, yeah, so I actually, I was lucky I had two partners, both of who were really great. Um, so one of my partners said that the biggest difference she has found is also with the verbs. Um, in Spanish, they have like a bunch of different endings for each person and they're all different. Um, and also in Spanish, they have a lot of the accent marks. Um, so like the way you form a question, like she just feels that it's really different and that um, we, you know, we have the SVO order form uh, word, like how we form a sentence. She said that you kind of have to like change the order for some of their elements and their sentences and uh, questions. So that's something that, um, you know, she has to kind of be more mindful of. And my other partner, um, she recently like really recently just started learning english she just moved from france and she also said that irregular verbs were the hardest part and she said they really logically don't make any sense which i kind of had to agree with her that sometimes there's definitely parts of the english language that don't make sense so thought that was interesting probably like spanish and english words they like pronounce them differently i guess yeah, my partner had actually brought that up, that her Spanish accent makes things harder to pronounce, like a lot of the English words 
So um, French, she said she doesn't use that much unless like she's talking to like, you know, sometimes she just switches up like in school because as Nicoletta said, they are in a French school. So she does switch up, um, but she said that she never uses English. So her Spanish accent is still very strong because she's there and it's hard to pronounce a lot of words. Um, so we'd also ask our partners, what's the hardest problem you've had with learning English? So with my partner, she mainly said that she had problems on the exams because, you know, like I said, they only speak English maybe two hours a day. So trying to, you know, take an exam with a language that you're not that really good in, that's what she found difficult, especially also, as I say again, you know, the grammar and the vocab is hard for her. And I agreed too, especially when we were talking on Zoom, she couldn't like think of words to translate from Spanish to English. So she had to like translanguage and, you know, use some Spanish words in the conversation. So that's what I believe is hard for her. Uh, yeah, kind of similar with my partner. She said that like learning adjectives because, you know, she wants to make sure that she's expressing herself clearly in the English language if she's talking to, you know, like us. Um, so she felt like she for a long time couldn't express herself because she didn't know how to say certain words. So like, you know, we might say handsome to a boy and you say pretty for a girl, but in Spanish, you just use guapo or guapa and you only have to change the O or the A and it makes it pretty simple, which was actually like my favorite part of learning Spanish. I was like, ooh, kind of less words to learn in certain areas. Um, so yeah, she kind of had trouble wanting to express herself clearly and i had to remind her i was like don't worry like most of the time like we if you were to say like oh she's handsome or, or he's pretty like we would get what they're saying so you know i had to kind of remind her like don't worry too much about like being perfect or whatever because no way is perfect i feel like the the hardest part of uh learning spanish in my opinion is actually remembering the language because i rarely speak spanish to anyone so i feel like that was the hardest part for me yeah, same. I'm actually, because of like, you know, talking with all of our partners, I kind of got motivated to like relearn Spanish again because I knew I, it was like in there, but I don't speak it with anyone at home. So I've been using Duolingo as my um, kind of personal experience with learning Spanish again. And I would try and impress them with new words I've learned. I think they appreciated that during our meetings. Dang, maybe I should do that with Italian. <laughs> Well, languages are hard. Yeah. They really are. <laughs> yeah. We did talk about activities and lesson plans for the different cultures and uh, languages that you can do with students. So we did have a project for this and CJ and I were partners and Nicoletta and Sarah were also partners. So each of us came up with different projects to do with our partners. Um, from Spain. Um, so CG and I actually, um, for project two, we decided to talk about cultures and families and how they're similar and different from each other. Uh, after talking to our partners, we realized there was more than just cultures in common. Everyday life is very similar and being from different countries doesn't mean that hobbies are different. It seems to be more common um, that ages is what connects us um, more than we all think. So they're not much younger than us. So we do have the same mentality as them. So we enjoy the same things such as watching Netflix and listening to music, hanging out with friends and going to the beach and all the same stuff. So for project two, we found a cute map on the internet and 
we put a small emoji on where our family is from and also where we are from. So I would put uh, an emoji on Germany because that's where my family is from. And, and then I also put an emoji um, on New York. Uh, Gianna, what, where did you put yours? Uh, I put mine on Italy, Germany, and New York. Um, then we made a family tree starting with our grandparents. So we saw all of our families and I think it was really cool to compare and contrast uh, that if we have similar similarities. Um, after that, we wrote a small paragraph about our family cultures and traditions and we definitely saw some similarities and differences in that paragraph. Yeah, even just learning about our partners, you know, what they like to do. And in the paragraph, we learned about their traditions and what their families like to do on holidays and all that. And we compared the paragraphs and we found a lot of similarities between them. Uh, that's awesome. And so, as mentioned before, Nicoletta and I were partners for our project or that we made. Um, and like I said, I mentioned before, I had two partners and Nicoletta has one partner. Um, and the you know, our partners in their class, their English class, they had to do a whole bunch of these projects. So for one of their projects, they were, it was like, they had to describe the world around them, you know, like using different lenses. So because Nicolette and I are both like becoming earth science teachers, we wanted to do a scientific take on that. Um, but also my partners were really like artistic people. So we wanted to incorporate art into our project. Um, so first we chose our favorite places that like mean something special to us. Cause I think that's always like, a fun thing to do and then we had them and us we drew the area so like i drew jones beach from long island and i labeled all the fun things to do there and you know what i like to do with my friends and what um some like geographic features because like i'm a nerd and i like rocks and the beach or whatever um nicolette what did you draw i don't i did um pompeii the volcano in um, Italy, which is in Naples. I actually had no idea that there was a volcano on Tenerife, where our partners are from. So I thought it was a quinky dink that I did the volcano too, but I also chose a volcano because my mom's grandparents are from Naples. So I kind of ironically chose that place without me even realizing. But I also like showed pictures of the ruins when I went there and all in the volcano and just like the lost city of Pompeii. So I I tried to teach them a little few fun facts about the place. So I thought it was kind of close to my heart, especially since also my dad himself is from Italy too. That's awesome. That sounds like a great project. Yeah, and then after we actually, because you know, Tenerife has a volcano on it. We wanted to like take a really earth science approach and we talked, I pulled up a diagram of a volcano, like the inside and we used like scientific description words that like aren't everyday um, words that they might've learned in English. So to help incorporate Spanish and French into that with any instructions or like directions I gave them. And on the diagram, it was all in French and Spanish. I made like two diagrams and I spent the night like learning French. And I think it really meant a lot to them. Although they did have to correct my French pronunciation a lot because I have a lot to learn. You um, tried though. You did Yeah, good. we did try. Um, and then for fun there's like a disney short i don't know if you've ever seen it. it's like i lava you and it's about like two volcanoes who fall in love oh, that's <laughs> like, i love that short film. it's adorable 
they love music and like art and stuff so I was like oh I have to show it to them and I asked them I thought this was really interesting I found it in French Spanish and English you know it was made in English and I was like which one would you guys like prefer to listen to because I one of my partners speaks English pretty well but the other one doesn't so I was like she might appreciate the French more and they both said English because when they copy it over like into Spanish or French, like translate it, it doesn't always like match up correctly. So they don't enjoy it as much as it would be in English. So I was like, I thought that was interesting because that's something I never thought of before. Like, like translating a song into another language kind of, you know, you lose the effect of it. So I thought that was interesting. And I, everyone should watch I Lobby You. It's cute. <laughs> Just for fun. Really I've that seen it. Like it's such a cute activity though. And I love how you incorporated like your partner's like love of art and like your like future, what you want to do. Like I also want to be an art science teacher. So I can appreciate that a little bit too. <laughs> um, so CG, I do know that your mom, Diane, is with us today too. Um, so if she could tell us a little bit about how speaking different languages has helped her in her different careers. Hi everyone. Hi. Hi. So what languages do you speak? So the languages that I speak, I learned my languages since I'm born. Um, I speak German fluent, but in German there's um, high German and low German. So high German is what you would learn in school. It's the proper way. And all over Europe, you find that whether it's Italian or, you know, they all have slangs. So what I learned was high German in school, but at home, my parents spoke what was called Plattdeutsch. Plattdeutsch is low German and they don't teach in school anymore. It's in the northern part of Germany, which was actually very helpful to me in my careers because, because I learned the Plattdeutsch since I was born, I learned, I knew um, Dutch. I could understand Dutch, Danish, and Swedish because that's the part if you look on a map that whole part there. That's where um, the languages that I learned were. I also um, went to school for Spanish and French. And uh, then from there I had conversational um, languages like Japanese, I learned just conversational, just enough to get by on when I was working. And, um, oh, and a little Hebrew, because I also went there a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So how many jobs have you had? Um, growing up, my parents owned a deli and a bakery in Queens. And you know, Queens is the most, I mean, I don't know how many languages are spoken in Queens. They say it's more than any other place in the world. So I worked in a deli, then I became a flight attendant. And after that, I was right near Kennedy Airport. It was very convenient. So I worked at Kennedy, you know, I took over from Kennedy Airport. Then after that, um, I became a flight, after a flight attendant, I became a teacher. That's a lot. <laughs> um, so how has uh, these languages that you know helped you as a deli worker? Well, like I said, in the deli, our clientele was mostly Spanish. Yeah. And so when they would order in their language, and they really, when I say they were Spanish, most of them didn't speak English pretty much at all. So we would um learn to write it in spanish because we had to put a sign in english and in spanish so they knew what they were ordering and when they did order we had to know what they were saying so slowly i learned um spanish from that in, in the deli and it helped every day every day i used it and then when i became a flight attendant it, we were in, i was an international flight attendant so i went everywhere so i mean 
I had to to really get by. If I was going, let's say, to Tokyo for three weeks, I had to learn a little. Otherwise, I was only hurting myself. I wanted to learn their their culture. But then again, I needed to know emergency words, you know, we, and they did train us a little. So when we went going to certain countries, we would have a training on the on the language and then you kind of had to memorize it on your own. And believe it or not, they tested us on it. It was just words that you would need to know in an emergency or in just service, to, you know, the, whatever you were serving them that day. And back then on airplanes, they really did serve. So we really did have to learn quite a few different words. It's, you know, it, it became kind of secondhand that you wouldn't know it. How did these languages help you as a teacher? So as a teacher, I find um, even sign language we use pretty much every day, especially with the younger children. Um, if there's if, the, if I'm doing a lesson and a child has to go to the bathroom, we know how to say that if they have or if they agree with what I'm saying, instead of raising their hand all the time and say, oh, I agree with you, I agree. We'll do a sign language signs that say, I agree with you. <clears throat> Sometimes you don't want to have applause. They want to applaud. So we'll have sign language for I agree with you or I like that. Little things like that. And then it's nice for the children to learn sign language. So um, we go we and we explain what sign language is used for because that's a, also a culture. There are, there's actually deaf culture, like people who can't hear. And so to understand sign language, how the students will understand people, we can't hear. Okay. Um, how would you reassure someone as a flight attendant who was nervous about being somewhere new? I don't know if flight attendant, but um, I would always say that you should learn the culture before you go. So if you have to learn a little bit of conversational language, that's the most important thing of all. You don't want to go there and just only be the American who can't speak uh, anything but English. So it's always good to learn a little thing, even if you just put it on in your car or listen to it in the morning when you're getting ready. Just learn a little bit of each language that you're going to visit. And then, of course, learn the culture. What do they wear? I mean, you can, in Vatican City in Rome, I remember we went to go visit and you had to wear clothing that covered your body. We didn't know that. We got sent away because we weren't dressed properly. Meanwhile, we were just wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Like little things like that. What do you cover your face? Or what do you have to do when you're there? There's a, do you have to wear a covering on your head? There's more rules than we'll ever really know, but you really have to look into it before you go because you don't want to be called that ugly American. And I think you also feel better when you know the customs of the people you're visiting. Yeah, I feel as though it's really important to make yourself familiar with the cultures so you're accustomed to their lives. You're in their country, in their home. So it's important to be accustomed to them and know what they're used to. I actually agree with that because um, I remember a few years ago, one of my friends from high school, when she went to Paris, she had to like change her wardrobe. Like she had to wear like long pants and like jumpsuits like she couldn't wear shorts or else that would be considered um like offensive so like she had to like buy new clothes just for france for china if you wear leggings they consider it offensive because it looks almost like you can see the shape of the body so you really have to know what you're doing before you travel yeah and i also feel like as future teachers you know we should just make ourselves familiar with it our students' cultures, because, you know, it would help you, like, work and, like, connect with them in the classroom if they feel comfortable with you, because you made an effort to reach out, like, halfway and, you know, meet them. I've had students 
that don't want to look you in the face. So America, that would be rude. If he's always looking down, you'd be like, no, look at me. That's the first thing a teacher really says to make sure that somebody's understanding what they're saying is looking at me. But if there some Asian folks look down and that's respect to them. So they're showing you respect by looking down. So if you don't know their culture, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble with that child. You're going to be saying, look at me when really they don't want to look at you because they're giving you respect by holding their head down. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, lastly, what advice would you give to new teachers for incorporating new languages into their lessons? I mean, of course it's all age related. Um, I'm an elementary school teacher. That's really what I prefer, what I love to teach. But um, every day we do go over different, how to say hello in a different language. One time we had a Russian child and so we learned a Russian word each day and each little things like that. And we learned a lot about the culture of that student, whoever it is that's a foreigner uh, to our country. So we make sure that we know their culture and then the children love it. So they love learning about it. But every morning we would say hello in, a, in that language, in a different language, um, especially the language of the children in the class. But if let's say everyone in the class is sometimes just from um, the New York area, then we still learned a different language. Uh, we said hello every day, or we'd say goodbye every day in a different language. And it's and and they faced each other. And so let's say it would be she would say hello to me in one language, then I would say hello to her in another language, and we would continue on. And the kids love it. Little things like that. But mostly, uh, you you just show on the globe where is the person from, where is the country, where is it. Why, why do they speak another language? Things like that. That's so funny because our intro was saying hello in, in different languages. languages. Yes. And little things like that, especially for a young child, they remember forever. That's very interesting. All right. Thank well, you. thank you, Diane, thank for taking you. the time. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I love your mom. We stand her. <laughs> I'm still so impressed with how many languages she knows. Yeah, like, really. Yeah, I think it was a flight attendant that really did that, that really helped her out with that. After learning a little bit more about what our partners like and what they uh, like to do on their free time and all that and asking, you know, questions to get to know them, um, we were assigned a project two for the semester to do actually with our partners. Um, with partners. So CG and I were partners and Sarah and Nicoletta were actually partners. Um, and we did actually have to create an activity for our partners to do um, that they would enjoy and that we would enjoy. Um, and that really just gets us to know more about them and their lives and what they, more in depth, what they like to do um, and find common factors and everything. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Diverse Discussions. Um, we'll catch you next time. Adios. Ciao. Au revoir. Shoes. Sayona. Bye. Hey, Dawa. Hashtag.